leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity. And today we have Gabrielle, who came from being an actress to becoming a pen tester. So this is definitely an interesting journey that we wanted to say, uh, that we wanted to share. So we wanted to thank everyone first. Those of you that are joining from YouTube, feel free to subscribe and hit that notification button. That way you'll see us for the next time. Those of you joining from LinkedIn, thank you for joining live. And for the moment, um, feel free to comment and share with anyone in the future. So, uh, Gabrielle, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, give us a highlight of where you're coming from. Yes. So my name is Gabrielle and uh, I am a pen tester and a podcaster and also a cybersecurity blogger and i live oh, in wow. canada <laughs> but so you, you you do a lot already uh for the community but how do you get started i mean you mentioned that you were an actress tell us about that time yeah so uh, you know as a teenager i was uh, coding and trying to understand computer science but uh, neither my parents or my teacher really encouraged me to pursue this field so because like they saw me more in literature studies, so it is what I did, and so I was, uh, I was not informed enough about the the possibility of being a software developer. So, so I continued my studies, and I became an actress. And to finance uh, this life, I was a receptionist in a luxury hotel in Paris. But yeah, it's during an experience of a working holiday visa in Canada um, twelve years ago, and I. Uh, at that time, I had the opportunity to work in a university, and uh, this way I was. Well, this is where I was trusted for my computer skills, and in my spare time, I also had the opportunity uh, to work on a website for a photographer. So uh, I really got back to uh, everything uh, computer related, and when I came back to France, I enrolled and passed a bachelor degree in application development. And then immediately after, 
I started to work for a big company as a developer, but you know, very quickly I I was wondering about the security of the applications I was delivering. I was like, yeah, you know, how can I know that this is safe? And so it was at this moment that I started to explore the field of cybersecurity. And so it was uh, first by a simple internet search. And yeah, so that's how my, my journey uh, uh, really um, uh, started. Like I Googled everything and wanted to know how I could make my app surfer. But um, when it really, really began, it was when I started to look for a training in cybersecurity. So I searched training courses that could take into account, you know, my background as a developer and train me to become a pen tester. Like, mm -hmm. I figured that this would not be, you know, too complicated to find a training like this. Uh, but it was in 2017 in Paris and I was in my early 30s and uh, no school was interested in my profile. And the only training courses that would accept me were really too expensive. So uh, that's when I decided to create my blog and uh, to train myself because uh, we have a lot of resources available online. So I, I figured why the hell not, you know? And so that's how I built uh, a program for myself. And um, I based this program uh, on a science education concept called uh, L'Apprenance by Philippe Carré. And so uh, uh, L'Apprenance, uh, if I quote uh, Philippe Carré, it's um, a lasting set of dispositions favorable to the act of learning in all situations, formal or informal, experiential or didactic, self-directed or not, intentional or accidental. And so I also looked, um, you know, academic curriculums and I compared them to the skill that the industry was looking for. Uh, like I remember at the time I took um, probably a hundred different uh, job offers and from many different uh, countries. And I was looking up at the skills and the tools that were coming a lot. And that's how I created like a six-step learning program of uh, CTF, conferences, MOOCs and tutorials, internships, summer schools, and uh, volunteering. So uh, this was, uh, you know, CTF was to learn by doing. Uh, and configurances were to have uh, different point of views and approach of cybersecurity, uh, you know, because it is so such a broad uh, field. So I wanted to have a, a look on every aspect, you know, like uh, a holistic view. And uh, MOOCs and tutorials were to support the practice of CTF with the theory. And summer schools were to have um, a contact with uh, the academic profession and, uh, and meet experts in the field. And uh, volunteering was to meet other cybersecurity enthusiasts. And finally, uh, the internship was to put all this learning into practice. And to this, to this whole uh, program, I added uh, an analysis grid because uh, before working in information technology, as I uh, said in the beginning, uh, I held very other very different positions. And so 
uh, this grid was allowing me to list the skills that I got with these functions that would also apply to the field of cybersecurity. So, for example, during my uh, work as a hotel receptionist, uh, I developed uh, anticipation skills and I was able to have a sense of detail and discretion. And so when I was an actress, I learned to speak in public and I developed my concentration and my self-control. And then as an application developer, I sharpened my logical mind and developed problem solving skills. And I had the opportunity to work in a team. And finally, as a blogger, I improved my writing, my writing skills. I developed my digital communication skills and I was able to, to express my creativity. And so uh, this way of learning really allowed me uh, to make a, a program completely adapted to my learning profile because um, I'm someone who learns uh, best by doing. So the choice of uh, CTF and internship were really completely fitting my profile. And uh, I continue uh, until today to apply this methodology to my everyday life. Um, because, uh, as you know, the, the cybersecurity field requires uh, constant learning. And... Let's talk about creating this uh, curriculum. So um, you mentioned that you were a developer for a big company and you started to think about your the security of the applications and you were interested in cybersecurity. Were you working at the big company when you were... Uh, creating this grid of skills and creating your own curriculum? Or had you stopped working there and um, were researching different opportunities? Uh, so it, I, I had starting uh, to work there. And after this, I was also um, a, a freelancer. And so mm -hmm. I, I really wondered how to... Uh, how to deliver something because I, I when you're a freelancer you even have more the responsibility of delivering something uh, uh, very safe because you don't have this whole team of people who are going to take care of every aspect of what you are going to deliver like if you want to deliver something you you have to deliver it entirely and so mm -hmm. except if you team up with people you know so yeah so this was uh, this way I realized okay I I, I want to to be able to do that, but I want to also uh, be sure that if I deliver something, it's going to be safe and people are going to be uh, uh, safe with me uh, because this is really something that uh, is important to me. <laughs> it's it's like a, a value I have and I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I really want people to feel safe and, and to be uh, comfortable when they use applications, that their data is well protected and everything. Yeah, definitely. And so, so you started to do it for yourself at, at, while you were freelancing. And you mentioned that the schools weren't considering your profile. Was that because in, in France, um, to get accepted to a school, they, they have to like your academic background before they accept you to a program? Yes, I think that uh, in France, it is very, uh, we were very, you know, uh, we in France, it's very important to have uh, diplomas and everything. And I had a bachelor degree, but 
uh, it was complicated because uh, well one person actually told me that uh, with a developer background i could not uh, uh, go to pen testing which i felt like very strange <laughs> but uh, so i it, you know it, when you have answers like this and i guess i was uh, a woman i was in my 30s so you know who is who, who is she what, what does she want with cyber security it's like so yeah. yeah, it's it was complicated. So when you hear uh, very different people saying that you cannot do it, you just want to find other ways to do it. And, and sometimes it can even be uh, uh, motivating because uh, like uh, you don't want to let people be right. So you have to fight for what you believe. And so that's, well, in a way it was also, um, uh, how I would say, uh, a motivation uh, yeah. In, in French, we say a moteur. So it was really. Uh, yeah, motivator. Yeah. 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 Um, so, how did you end up in Canada? Was that for a, a cybersecurity role or as talk through being in France, being a freelancer? You mentioned you looked at hundreds of different roles, looked at the skills and capabilities. How did you eventually do that transition um, from being an app developer to? Um, being someone in security, maybe focused on applications? Well, um, after the internship I mentioned, I started to uh, go and see employers with my profile. And there again, in France again, I was rejected and I got no job offer. So I started to go to uh, international job fairs uh, so that okay. uh, I went to many different. And one of them was uh, Canada, specifically Quebec. And um, I applied to uh, multiple companies. And unlike the employers in France, my blog and my learning process appealed to them because uh, it showed an autonomy of learning, which is necessary in pen testing. And it also showed my capacity of problem solving and my skills in development and creativity. So all these things together uh, made it possible for me to be hired in Canada. And so that's uh, well. My uh, first actual position as a pen tester was uh, in Canada, and that's how I came here. Interesting. So I know it's one thing we say all the time is to kind of promote those external activities so that you can demonstrate to employers your passion and your your, your competencies that you have that you can take a skill from being an actress to pen testing from being uh, an application developer to pen testing. And we've, we, on the podcast, we talk about that all the time. But so what you're saying is in France, they're a little more strict about that. They, they might prefer the old fashioned degrees. Um, how are degrees and certifications looked at in France versus in Canada? That would be a very interesting comparison. Uh, in France, they, they're going to ask you to have uh, probably a master degree for a position, uh, uh, even if you're beginning as a pen tester. And uh, in Canada, I actually applied for a position that was requiring a few years of experience. And I had no year of experience uh, except my uh, developer background and my mm. um, uh uh, internship and mm -hmm. so <laughs> I applied there and it was for well a senior position and they 
they they still wanted to meet me because they saw my blog and they were very imp impressed with, with my blog and they asked me to do a CTF and so that's how mm -hmm. I was able to show that I was I actually had skills for the position and they offered me a junior uh, pen testing position so this is also why I often say to people who want to get into the field that uh, uh, use the skills you have before apply them uh, and uh, 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 like everything you did before, uh, everything you're doing now, everything you do in your spare time, uh, this is a way to get skills and you have plenty of skills by doing what you do. So uh, think about it and make a list of those skills. And uh, uh, there's a, I'm sure 50, 60% of them that are going to be applicable to the, to cybersecurity and to pen testing. So, so yeah, that this is, really uh what i uh, i did and and uh, what i say to people because it's very important I, I i i feel like if you do something if you have experience it has a value and it should not be uh put in the trash somewhere just because you want to change uh your way uh your career or or anything and especially today with all the different uh, uh technology and the society that goes so fast and everything evolving so fast you have to uh, constantly learn and be always able to change career and so i feel like it's very important to uh, be aware of the skills you have so that you can uh, use them for other things uh, another time Oops, sorry about that. So um, a quick question from one of our audience members. Um, they, they asked, do you think the structured training and conditioning helped you focus on your studies and helped you acquire the, the skills that you were interested in to become a pen tester? Yes, uh, I, I, I do because it, it's really uh, a way to have deadlines because uh, if you don't have, if you don't put yourself uh, several goals. If you don't put yourself deadlines or things like this, uh, you you are. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but you have a tendency to procrastinate and to uh, not uh, do it on time and everything. So if you have this structure and if you uh, actually know where you're going, you have a goal in mind. Uh, this is uh, really the best way. Uh, in my opinion, to uh, to to stay focused and to uh, achieve your goals, but uh, you, what also can be uh, complicated is to see that the goal you have is very big. But uh, if you have actual small steps to go there, it's less impressive, and you can actually, you know, reach it. I wouldn't say it's less impressive, but uh, it seems like less of a, a monumental task to accomplish. Um, so one of the things that I love that you said is that the employer considered you for a more junior role. What would you say to, in, to individuals that might not have the experience to apply for those more senior roles um, in, in the hopes of being considered for a junior role or should they apply if there's a junior role available for that role? Um, I would say apply anywhere you like. If it's a company you've been dreaming to to work for, 
just apply there. Like uh, it's better if there is an actual position, but it doesn't have to be a junior or a senior position. Just just go for it. And uh, well, it it happens. I mean, and I'm not the only person who it happened to. I I know other people who actually got hired when they applied to bigger uh, uh, to position with uh, and uh, most of the time uh, I, I read somewhere um, I don't have the reference I'm sorry but I read somewhere that most of the time uh, people uh, 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 like um, uh, HR uh, when they may they make job posting they actually list uh, uh, they actually want 40 percent of the skills that they are listing so you know just go for it and uh, if you have uh, forty percent of what is listed, it's okay. So, uh, and even if you don't, just try because it's always a way to uh, to you know practice interviews to know what uh, uh, employers are looking for. Like this was very helpful for me because I did a lot of interviews before coming in Canada and before going to the job international job fair. So it was actually a very good practice to. Um, to master the the one that would actually take me. So, I mean, if there's always something something to take out of it. When when you did that your transition, how many how many interviews or how many companies do you think that you applied to um, before getting getting the the one that you got to? Uh, so, if I count the interviews only, I would say probably around. 10 or 20 but if i count the like the resume i i sent mm -hmm. I, I don't know i can even count i mean <laughs> it was too too many too many okay um would you say it's like two to three hundred it, it's always interesting what everyone's journey is so some people might apply a lot some people don't apply a lot so that's why i'm asking that question so i applied a lot but at a moment also i was uh i i was always it's a lot of work because i actually uh you know when you apply somewhere you have to uh check what the uh, posting is and what your skills are and you have to adapt your resume and to make a perfect uh um cover letter for this specific position but mm. uh, so i would say uh, probably yeah maybe a hundred <laughs> because okay. i really wanted the, to get somewhere and to and some some of them i saw they have uh different postings so i applied even if it was the same company i applied for those different postings um like uh, one of them had a posting uh in for uh, in luxembourg for instance and then another one in uh, in germany so i applied for both of them and finally one day, uh, someone called me for uh, the the same position, but in another country. So it was, it was you know, you just have to try because uh, sometimes people won't probably I don't know like get your resume or something. So I just I figured, okay, I'm just applying I, everywhere. <laughs> I'm guessing in Europe it might be more common to apply in different countries, um, but. Is it harder in your job search to to look in different countries because now you have to potentially move versus looking locally um, or, or like it, moving internationally? I'm guessing moving from Europe to Canada um, was that harder as you started to look 
or you you happened to go to a job fair that was targeting individuals that wanted to move to Canada? Uh, so this was a job fair that was targeting people who wanted to move in Canada because uh, they had uh, this uh, uh, um, regional government of Quebec uh, who made this. They wanted to uh, hire uh, French-speaking people. So they were mm-hmm. going to France to hire people who wanted to move to Canada. So they had they have this whole organization, which is very good because they have a whole platform where you can put your resume and uh, look up for job offers and if uh, an employer is interested uh, they are going to uh, call to uh, to schedule a meeting with you during the the fair so mm-hmm. it's it's very um uh so it's well, I, I would say it's like uh, uh for people who wanted to move but uh I was very motivated to move. I was very uh, like I was very motivated to do something to uh, in in cybersecurity. So uh, moving was just a way to to do it. So it I, it can be hard to move, but it's also okay because I I loved Canada and I had been there before, so I knew where I was going. And it was not such a big move because everybody here speaks French, so I was not, you know, lost in in a, in in a country where I wouldn't speak the language. And even if people speak in English, uh, I can understand them and talk to them. So, so it's it's perfect. And and so it didn't really matter. I really wanted to to be a pen tester, and this was really a good opportunity. So I was not. Uh, going to let something like this stop me from achieving my goal. Okay, okay. Let's pivot to um, being in your role. So you applied at many companies, you um, eventually, they had you do a CTF and invited you in to be a junior pen tester. Um, What do you do to keep up and what do you do to grow your career from there um, to, uh, to go to more senior roles? Uh, so I'm still uh, uh, working on uh, CTF platforms, mm-hmm. and so uh, there's uh, one everybody's talking about right now is TryHackMe, which mm-hmm. is very uh, very fun because uh, it's very well explained, and uh, also you have uh, harder uh, uh, rooms to work on. So. Uh, I really uh, use it to practice, and sometimes I also uh, I also use um, I have another uh, bootcamp that I made to upgrade my skills in order to get uh, other uh, skills, and so this is uh, something I'm following. So it's a mix of uh, MOOCs and uh, try hack me and hack the box boxes and many different uh, resources I got to uh, be able to to uh, have uh, more uh, knowledge in pen testing because I'm uh, I'm really good at uh, web pen testing for now, but I want to get better in other areas of pen test. So this is a, a way to, to do so. That's very important for, for those interested in pen testing to realize that um, being a pen tester has many different facets from web pen testing to uh, application pen testing to physical 
um, access social engineering. There's many different aspects to it. Um, so thank you for highlighting that. Do you have some of those resources, say, in your blog? How have you been keeping track and, and sharing this with the community? Because you mentioned you're an avid blogger. Yes, so I have a list of resources on my blog that I uh, can share with you. And, Absolutely. Uh, I also I have this huge uh, Google Docs. I think it's like 500 pages that I want to put on a GitHub uh, soon. <laughs> so this is this is one of my projects as well because I wrote down a lot of things I I learned while doing uh, CTF and things. But uh, I already have this uh, list of resources that I uh, mentioned. I can check it fast. And uh, usually, yes, I always recommend to people uh, go on TriAcme for starter and then switch to Hack the Box because it's uh, harder. But uh, uh, it's also like... Uh, TriAcme, they have uh, hard boxes, but um, they you often have the possibility to uh, to um, have some explanations and everything. Mm -hmm. But Hack the Box is less interactive for this, so you really have uh, this uh, try harder uh, spirit <laughs> that not everybody <laughs> likes, but it's here, and so uh, and it's very good. And they have if you uh, are willing to um, to to have uh, like to pay for hack the box or try like me they also have a learning pass and you can play on retired boxes with uh, write-ups so it's a way also to learn uh, to use write-ups and everything and also yeah. if, if you want to play with bug bounty it's also a nice way to learn because those are actual context so it's also another way of learning so for, for those listening to us today, um, a bug bounty is a um, contained program that companies allow external pen testers to try to find vulnerabilities within a certain aspect of their application, their web page, um, within listed confines. So uh, it's something to, to definitely look into. And do you do that on a regular basis as well? Uh, I'm starting to do it uh, between my uh, huge bootcamp uh, process, but yes, I'm starting to do it because I, I, I like the uh, the fact that it's uh, real context and that it's actual applications and not something that is made to be vulnerable. Okay, okay. Well, we're, we're getting to the, the half hour mark. And one of the questions that I, I really like to ask is if you had one piece of advice to share with someone looking to follow in your footsteps, um, what would that out advice be? Um, don't be scared <laughs> first. <laughs> like I, I know it's easy to say, but uh, don't get discouraged and uh, do not hesitate to go to ask to people. Uh, for, for instance, uh, I don't always have time for phone calls, but I'm always uh, open to talk to people on LinkedIn when they drop me messages or anywhere so that if they have uh, if they want advice or if they have questions uh, so do not hesitate to ask to people a lot of people not only me a lot of people in the field have are really willing to help and a lot of people uh, have uh, will actually answer if you uh, ask them uh, uh, 
um, advice or everything. So uh, go also. Uh, what's very uh, what was really working for me is to also go to conferences to meet people and to volunteer also in in communities. It's a very good way to meet people and to to get to know the field, to get to know the uh, cybersecurity ecosystem. So go in the wild and don't be scared. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, thank you so much. And if you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and the notification down below. And for those listening on podcasts, feel free to share it with friends and family. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a great day. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.